Now, we are going to be talking, uh, continuing with a theme that we uh, introduced last week. We are talking this month about the names of God. Now, just to recap, um, in a few minutes, we have looked at the names of God last week in our introduction with special reference to God as L.I., referring to his Elohistic names or names that talk to God or talk to us about God as our creator. And we were looking at Genesis 1, verse 1, where the Bible says, in the beginning, God. And we have established that God has no beginning. When the Bible talks about beginning, was talking about the beginning of our universe. Amen. We have looked at the name of God, El, in his relationship to us. And from this word, God, many other things come. The word, A-L, like the word El Shaddai, God Almighty, or God the All-Sufficient One. And we saw how he revealed himself when he was speaking to Abram and said, leave your father's country, do this and do this, for I am El Shaddai to you. And we have established that God as El is the object of worship. We worship him. And when we looked at the word Elohim, uh, we have established that it is the plural name of God, with reference to what it comes to our faith to refer to as God who is triune, God who is trinity, divine persons or three divine persons of the Godhead who is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And when we go to Genesis 1 verse 26, the scripture says, God said, let us, who was God talking to? God was speaking within his community as God the Godhead, God the Father, God the Son. God is three in one, God who's the Trinity. Amen. And we have indicated that also we have looked at what we call the redemptive names of God or Jehovahistic names of God, where God says, I am Jehovah. And we have looked at how the name of Jehovah was written according to the Tetragrammaton And we have explained what the word Jehovah means to us. That when people were talking to Jehovah, it was more of a a name of affinity, a name that is too personal, a name of closeness. And we looked at Jehovah uh, Rafika, the Lord our healer. When he speaks to the children of Israel after delivering them from Egypt in Exodus 15, 26, he says, I am the Lord your healer. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, for today, we're going to look at the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. Hallelujah. Now, when we look into the Bible, we see at some point that Abraham's faith was tempted and tested by God. And when God was testing him, God revealed another name by which we will come to know him. And the word used there, it says, God tested Abraham. And the word to test there, we've got to understand it. Uh, It does not mean God was tempting him with evil because God will tempt no one with evil. But God wanted to check if Abraham was following him genuinely. He wanted to find out if Abraham was real. As followers of Christ, we must follow God genuinely. We must be in love with God. Hallelujah. So, We we see in Genesis uh, 21, verse 33, after Abraham was tested, God said to him, take your child and go and offer him as a sacrifice. And Abraham obeyed God. When he reached Mount Moriah and he was about to slaughter his child, God says, I have tested you and I have seen that you will not withhold anything. Even your only son, you were willing to give him to me. And God says, do no harm to that child. He says, look at the other side of the mountain. And when he was looking, he saw a ram coming. Are you there? But when he was going to the mountain to go and sacrifice his child, his child who was a teenager asked him, he says, Dad, if we are taking this wood and we are going to offer a sacrifice, where is the sacrifice? He says, the Lord will provide. Amen and amen. Even when he did not have it, he knew what God had said to him. That he was, the one who was asking the question was the sacrifice. But how did he respond? The Lord will provide. 
Amen. So Abraham passed the test. Now let's look at God as the provider. There's something I read. It says, God is my only source. Everything else is just a resource he uses to bless me. You and me need to grow in our understanding and be grounded in our belief that God is our sole provider, not our means. Now, let's look into the Bible and see what the Bible says about God as a provider. We're going to look at different concepts in the Bible where God is defined and God expresses who he is and God reveals himself. We have established last week that the things we come to know about God is the things that God revealed to us. Amen. Number one, God is the Father who provides. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9 and 11, the scripture reads, when we read the Lord's Prayer, when Jesus' disciples had moved with him over a number of days and over a number of years, and they saw his prayer life, and they asked him, uh, teach us how to pray. In, in this teachable moment, as Jesus was teaching them about prayer, he reveals to them the Father who is our God who provides. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 9, and I'm going to read even verse 11, it says, this is then how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Verse 11, give us today our daily bread. How did he teach us? He says when we approach God, he is our Father. God is not just your Father, he is our Father. When we approach the fatherhood of God, God is inclusive. We can't franchise God for our own self. We can't claim God to exclude others from God. He is our father. The same way he's your daddy, he's my daddy. Amen. He's our father. He says when we pray, we should approach him as our father. Now when we look at it, it says give us uh, today our daily bread. God is the kind of father who supplies his children with the essentials they need from day to day. It means in our walk with God, we can trust God for our daily needs. He's that kind of father. God is the father when he gives us, he gives us totally and fully to address the needs that we have. 1 Timothy 6 verse 17 reads, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. The scripture establishes that, that God is the one who is giving to us when he gives to us, he's generous, he's liberal. He gives to us all we need, all we need. He addresses all our needs. Philippians 4.19, Paul, when he speaks to the church at Philippi, he says, And my God will meet your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. God can provide for all our needs in every aspect of our life. I like what Charles Swindle said. Charles Swindle said, the size of a challenge should never be measured by what we have to offer. When you look at the problems you face, don't size them up and think, well, what is it that I can do to deal with this problem? He says, it will never be enough. Furthermore, provision is God's responsibility, not ours. We are merely called to commit what we have, even if, if it's more than a sack of lunch. You remember how Jesus fed the multitude, 5,000 of them. They took a lunch pack from a small boy. Are you there? Two Two slices or two, two, they say two loaves of bread. Two loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Are you there? And they allowed people to sit down and a miracle happened. And they were all fed. Are you there? 
just a lunch. Sometimes you look at what you have to offer and you think things are impossible. The things you need to make it in this life, provision is not your problem. God is a God who provides for you. You see, God can't bring you here on earth and allow you to be born if he's not going to look out for you. Number two, the Lord provides as a shepherd. In Psalms 23, verse 1 and verse 2 and verse 5, the last portion, the psalmist, when he sings the song, he says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me to lie, in, to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. My cup overflows. When you look into the text, the verse, when you look into the word, as we read it, Psalms 23, you see that God plans and anticipates for our needs. Are you there? As a very experienced shepherd would do to address them. Which means God is a capable and a competent shepherd. Mudimu kimudisa wamachete. He can anticipate your needs. You see, when you take it in the literal sense, sheep depend on what the shepherd provides. They don't worry what's going to happen. They know there is a provision that has been made for them by their shepherd. So when we say the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want Listen to what follows. It says, he leads me. He leads me. When you acknowledge God as your shepherd, God can provide for you if you take control of your life. God can shape your circumstances if you remain in charge. But when you submit your life to him and allow him to lead you to the resources he has planned for you, God must guide you. He will lead me. Are you there? God must lead you. But if you are stubborn, if you are uncooperative, you have it together. You need no shepherd. Provide for yourself. Support for yourself. But if the Lord is your shepherd, the scripture says, you shall not want. It means God has made provision to deal with all our requirements when it comes to the supplies we need. He will close all lack. He will deal with all the gaps and even to give you extras. That's how he works. I like what Billy Graham said. He says, we can be certain, we can be sure that God will give us the strength and the resources we need to live through any situation in life that he ordains. The will of God will never take us where the grace of God cannot sustain us. We have to reach that place where we trust God so much that any situation that has been ordained for us to live in, it does not matter God has it together. He has our back. He has made a provision. God can put you in a situation where he can't provide, where he can't support you, where he can't protect you, and where he can't keep you. Number three, God provides a place called home. Second Samuel 2 verse 10, it reads as follows. And I will provide a place for my people Israel and will plant them so that they can have a home of their own. And no longer be disturbed. Wicked people will not oppress them anymore as they did at the beginning. You see, when it comes to having a real home, you need to understand that God is the provider of a good home. God is the one who creates a legacy for us to have homes. Are you there, Basalan? In real homes where we can experience true love. It is God who provides that. Real homes where we get affirmation. Not always criticized 
and beaten over. Real homes where we, 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 we can collaborate, we can work together. Real home where there is security. Real home where there is rest. Real home where there is enjoyment, support, and growth. It is only God who gives you the grace to experience a good home. Hallelujah. Number four, God is the provider and the keeper of our productive land. Psalm 65 verse 9, it says, you care for the land and water it, and you enrich it abundantly. The streams of God are filled with water to provide the people with grain for so you have ordained it. Now, God provides for us to have land, which he blesses for us to be profitable in it. So the issue of land restoration, Bazalwan, and redistribution is a biblical discussion. Are you there, Bazalwan? We must be involved in it constructively. Greg Loinsborg says, my focus, you see, because when we talk about land in this polarized society, it's a difficult topic. It's a difficult topic because it has a history to it. But I like what he said, Greg D. Lonsborough says, my focus is not on the flood that surrounds me. Rather, my focus is on the God who surrounds the flood. We, we, we need to address difficult issues in our lives, in our land, Bazalwan. Are you there, Bazalwan? We need to tackle the challenge of land because God is going to transform our life through this inheritance called land. We can't have a few people enjoying the benefit and the rest of you have amnesia and are afraid to tackle it. Number five. God's provision includes the good things that God does for us. In Jeremiah 33, verse 9. Then this city will bring me renown, joy, praise, and honor before all the nations of the earth that hear all the good things I do for it. And they will have awe, they will be in awe, and they will tremble at the abundance of peace and prosperity that I will provide for it. When we read that scripture, this is what we pick. When we face many problems, normally we default, Bazalwan. We default and we stop thinking about the goodness of God. Then we should. Yet Stephen Farah says, when we are broken because of increased hardship, we simply have to trust the goodness of God. When you read the scripture, the scripture says, these people before, they were oppressed, they were undermined, they suffered. God says, I'm going to turn the city. The city of pain, the city of poverty, the city of oppression, the city of lack, the city of discrimination. The city of domination, I'm going to change it. This city is going to bring praise to me. It's going to be known for my glorious work. I'm going to turn it into a city of joy, a city of praise, a city of honor. Why? Because of the good things I will do in it. I will bring prosperity in it. And I will bring peace. God is a God of who does good things. Imagine, Bazalan, God says in the city, he will do good things. He will bring abundance, he will bring peace. But when you look at our cities, there are cities of disparity. Are you there? There's someone there, the same city. He's in a mkuku. There's someone there, the same city. Are you there, Bazalan? He's in a mansion. The same city. We'll address it. 
Number six. God is the provider of gifts and talents. In 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 11, the scripture reads, Do you have the gift of speaking? The question is asked. Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping others? Do it with all the strength, the energy that God supplies. Then everything you do will bring glory to God through Jesus Christ. All glory, all power to him forever and ever. The scripture says, do you have the gift of speaking? Which means God wants all of us to, to do an audit, to examine ourselves. Sincerely. You see, sometimes as people, because we don't introspect, we don't see what we have, we only notice what others have. And we compare. And we complain. And we feel unfortunate. We feel unblessed. We feel disadvantaged. Do you have the gift of speaking? What is the gift that you have? Do you have the gift of helping others? Whatever gift you have, the Bible says, use it. Use it. You see, when God gives you a gift, your gift is a blessing from God. It comes from Jehovah Jireh. You are not born empty-handed here on earth. You came with talent. You came with capacity. You came with potential. You came with capability. That is why they call you a human resource. Because you are highly resourced. You are loaded in your mind. You can be creative. You can be innovative. It says you do it with all the strength and the energy. You see, God does not only give you talent. You know, it is useless if somebody buys you a car and you go collect it, but once you have used the petrol they have given when you received it and you have no money to fill it, that car is useless. It does not matter how much it's worth. It's useless if it has no energy. Many of you have talent. But you're making excuses. You're making excuses for your non-development. You're waiting for somebody to affirm you. You're waiting for opportunities. The Bible says, do it. You, you, you must take the first step. You must have initiative. You must start your own momentum. Do it. It says the Bible, do it. Don't make excuse. Don't pray for the things you are supposed to do. Don't fast for the things you are supposed to do. Don't confess the things you are supposed to do. Do it. Just do it. You will be surprised that, that you know, many times, Bazalani, if you trust God, you make so much progress. You make so much progress by the grace of God that is immense. And when you look at this progress, it does not match the capacity you have. Look into the world. Soccer. In one week, 
they are earning so much money with all of us put together. We are not earning. One week. All of us, Songkela, Mtambi were 1.6 people were here. One week. Nyepola, hii nipola. Watchman Nee said, when the fruit of your service is out of proportion to the gifts you possess, that is a blessing. When you do faithfully what you are supposed to do to use the gift you have, God does more. Number seven. God, our provider, is our promoter. Psalm 76, verse 6 to 7. It says, For promotion and power come from nowhere on earth, but only from God. He promotes one and he deposes one. <laughs> For promotion and power. God has always been given power. It's, in, it's a pattern of the Bible. Genesis 1, 26. He created the male and female in his image. He said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth, have dominion over everything I have created. God always gives after the resurrection, Jesus, when he appears to his disciples, Matthew 28 verse 18, he says, All authority and power has been given to me. And this I give to you. In my name, go. In my name, go. Our problem is we are looking at us exercising authority and power only organizationally. And we fight with people in their space. We feel marginalized. We feel excluded. We don't like what people do in their own organizations, in their own business, in their own institution. Why don't you start your own? God says, all authority and power. Promotion does not come anywhere else on earth. Power does not come anywhere else on earth. Comes from God. God is generous with giving power. Why do we fight people for using their own powers? Why? Women, why are you waiting for men to affirm you? Because the institutions they have created can't accommodate you. You are working for people in companies who don't like you, who hate you, but they want your talent. It's like it's a favor to work for you, to work for them. Why can't you start your own company? And come back to take over and buy them out. Why can't you do it? Where is the God who's called Jehovah? Jehovah Jireh. Who has provided you with power. Power to serve. Power to heal. Power to restore. Power to develop. God can change your standing in life when others are putting you down. Therefore, look to him. I like what Francis Kahn said. 
He said, God will ensure my success in accordance with his plan and not mine. You may hate me, you may bewitch me, but if God has a plan for me to succeed, all your concoction that are meant to bewitch me, all your words that are released to undermine me are not going to work. So why do I bother about you? Why should I bother about what you say? Why should I bother around your jealousy? Why should I bother about your insecurity? The way they should. If somebody is more talented than you and you are jealous, hey, get a life, man. Get a life. Make me talented. You were born like that. You were gifted. You were favored. You had no choice to eat. Why finally well, sounds so sensitive? Who don't know themselves, who don't love themselves, who don't appreciate themselves, who don't look inside of themselves and discover what they have. Sensitive. Insecurity. I didn't choose to be gifted as I should. You didn't choose to be gifted as you are. You didn't choose the talent you have. You didn't choose the power, the promotion that God gives to you. You didn't choose the favor, the faith that God has given to you. You didn't choose the breakthrough that God has given to you. We can do great things because of this nervous, insecure people. We can't. We can't. We can't lead. We can't pray. We can't teach. We can't be extraordinary. Number eight, God provides the savior and the deliverer for all of us. But we may have many leaders, but we don't have many saviors. Second Kings 13 verse 5 reads, So God provided a savior for Israel who brought them out under Aram's possession. The children of Israel were again able to live at peace in their own homes. Now, we live in a society, Barcelona, where we have challenges. But we have to learn from Israel that when there is social, economic, and political oppression and injustice, God always raises deliverers who will bring freedom, who will bring justice, and who will bring equality for God's people. You see, when God's people are subjected under satanic or demonic oppression and sinful bondage, God sent the Messiah to liberate them and bring them freedom. He brought us forgiveness. He brought us repentance. He brought us newness. He brought us eternal life. And he reconciled us with God. Romans 5, 8 reads, God showed his great love to us by sending us Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. You and me are so, de- are so dearly loved that God chose to give us a deliverer in our worst and in our evil condition. I like what William Temple said. He said, my worth is what I'm worth to God. And that is a marvelous great deal. You see, God values you highly. Don't let your haters make you to stumble in doubt. 1 Timothy 1, verse 15 and 16 says, This is a trustworthy saying. Everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into this world. 
to save the sinners. I am the worst of them all. That's what Paul says. Verse 16. But God had mercy on me so that Jesus Christ could use me as a prime example of his great patience. Even with the worst sinners. Then others will realize that they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. Number nine. God provides for our righteousness. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 10, it says, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase the store of your seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. When you follow God, he grants you the grace to have a great and a close relationship with him in Christ. And when you are in a relationship with God, you have no sense of guilt. You have no sense of shame. Since the penalty of your sins has been paid and forgiven through Christ Jesus. I like what Bishop Benson Idahosa said. He said, we are saved. From what to what? From death to life. From sin to righteousness. From darkness to light. From poverty to prosperity. From faith, from fear to faith. From failure to success. And from more and more. When God gives you his righteousness, he also enables you to have a right relationship with him and have a right relationship with other people. And he empowers you to live right according to his will. Number 10, God gives us the Holy Spirit. In Luke 11 verse 13, the provider, Jehovah Jireh, he gives us the Holy Spirit. He says, if you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give you the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? But God is pleased as the provider to make himself present and at home in us through his Spirit. Oh, when the Holy Spirit is in us, he set us apart for God to be clean vessels. He become what the Greek calls the paraclete. When he's the paraclete, he's your capable guide. He guides you. He's your comforter. When you go through troubled times, he's there to give you strength. He's your teacher. He educates you. He's your helper. He helps you when you are struggling. He's your standby. When you need reserve power and you can't make it, he gives you more power. He's your advocate. When you don't know what to say, he inspires you to have an answer that is in season. And he's your counselor. Oh, when you need advice, he's there to make you to tap in God's wisdom. Hudson Taylor, when he looked at people struggling in their challenges, he had this observation. He says, many Christians estimate difficulty in the light of their own resources. And thus, they attempt very little and they always fail. He says, all the giants in the faith have been weak men and weak women who did great things for God because they reckoned on his power and the presence to be with them. If God is for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that is in us than the devil that is in the world. He who is born of God overcomes. Application and we close. How do we apply the teaching of Jehovah Jireh? How do we apply it? We need to be watchful, Bazalwan, to mind the provisions of God. There are many enemies, both human and demonic, who wish to dispossess us 
of the supplies that God has given to us. Who used to use who wants to use what God has given to us? Bazalana, we face strong attacks through greed. You can lose God's provision because of greed. When you have leaders and people who only think about themselves, they have something that God has given to them, but they want yours too. When you have money, you must protect that money. There are scams around here. People who come with pyramid schemes. People who come selling prayers to get your money. Greed. In this world, God is not our problem. There's discrimination. There's people who will come with laws that will take you out of your inheritance. In this world, there is hate. When God promotes you, when God has talented you, they hate you so much that they will do everything in their power to put their own people and undermine you. When you are gifted, when you are the right person, and when you can deliver the service that is required excellently. Hate. Hate. Be watchful over the haters. They are after your inheritance. God is not your problem. There are people who are persecutors. As you do right, as you live for God, as you become professional, as you become a person of integrity, they will do everything to attack you, to discourage you. They will force you to resign. What we call constructive dismissal. They make your stay unbearable. Until But what happens? You are getting out of your zone with God. You are leaving your inheritance. Persecution. Be strong in the Lord. In the power of his might. When they criticize you. When they persecute you. God is on your side. If God is on your side. You are the majority. Call on the name of God. Call on Jehovah Jireh. He's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, more than you can think or imagine. Wipe away your tears. Don't cry in the presence of your, your enemies. Go into a private place. Go into the closet. Go on your knee. Call on Jehovah, the Almighty One, El Shaddai. There's deception that targets you. Deception. Deceptions. Even when we follow successful leaders, we must not die in their shadow and lose who we are and stop thinking. Stop thinking. So much deception. After I've taught you, go and check the scriptures. Is it so? Is it so? Don't be a blind follower. Check the scriptures. Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Christ is the standard. Whatever I do, am I following Christ? Is it in the spirit of Christ? Is it Bible-centered? Deception. Many people are deceived out of their inheritance. Praying dangerous prayers. Where did you see it in the Bible? We must offer strong resistance against all these powers that seeks to keep us out of our inheritance. What should be our attitude towards God's provision? And I'm going to make points quickly in application. 
If God is our provider, God is not our problem. When he gives, he gives without variation, without discrimination. He's a just God. God is not our problem. First thing we do, we must receive God's provision with a thankful heart. We must manage and protect the provision. Keep the intruder out. Keep him out. Enjoy it responsibly. Sometimes we are in trouble with our own resources. We don't budget. When we have plenty, we are wasteful. Some of you are not as poor as you think. You are just reckless with your decisions. Jehovah has provided. He has provided. But you are enjoying it irresponsibly. Some of you, the plenty that God has provided is bringing diseases in your life. You are drinking and eating things you are not supposed to be eating. You are driving beyond the limit you are supposed to be driving because you are on a power vehicle. High performance. It will take you straight to heaven. And don't tell us you are cursed. You must share with those who are in need. You must spare some for the purposes of God. There is a saying that says, success breeds fake friends and true enemies. Keep your circle tight. There's people who come to you because all of a sudden by a veliskalin. You don't know who they are. They are pests. They are suckers. They are parasites. They are there to bring you down. They are not there for you. They are there for the resources. They are there for the limelight. They are there for the name. They are there for the opportunities. Where will they be? Where were they? When you are on the gutters. Where were they? When you are struggling with your undergraduate degree. Where were they? Where were they? When your marriage was on the rocks. Where were they? When you were unemployed. to say Fake friends. By Avela. And success also brings true enemies. You will be surprised how many people don't like you. They just don't like you. Yeah. Since I qualify. Since. Why don't I qualify now? Why? Free education is there. Why don't I qualify? Who's stopping you? You've got the brain. Since I shot. Why don't I shot? Why don't I hand you shot now? Since we are mover, why am I suburb? Why don't I? No one is so wet with the suburb if you didn't know. So wet with the suburb. Ukulumangama suburb mapi. Yes, since we are overseas, why don't I now? Ungas tengeli ticket. We are overseas now. Since we are totally interview a TV. Why are you not a tip proof? Mama shoot. Old school and SE extra. Old school and SE extra. Who's the school and Father, we thank you for your word. You are an awesome God. You are amazing. You are great. We love you for who you are.
Jehovah Jireh. But help us to be vigilant in this world, O oh God, where there's discrimination, where there is hate, where there is oppression, where we have a lot of people who come with systems that are not meant for our success and our welfare, O oh God. You are not our problem, O oh God. You are not our problem. You are our blessing. We are highly honored to be under your, your, your banner, your covering, O oh God. But help us in this world not to work as people who are just blind. But help us, O oh God, under the inspiration and the guidance of the Holy Spirit to do the things that you want us to do. We pray. We pray. I pray for the blessing of this word on everybody. In the name of Jesus, I pray. As we have our eyes closed, every head bowed in the presence of God. In the presence of God. Maybe you have come here, you have not received Jesus in your life as your Lord and your Savior. Tim Fundis, Jesus, He's your Redeemer. He's your Deliverer. Your freedom is not in man, your freedom is in Jesus. If you want me to pray with you that your sins may be forgiven, that you may stand before God without guilt, without condemnation, live freely for Him. Just raise your hand quickly where you are. I'll pray for you. Could you kindly raise your hand wherever you are seated and I'll pray for you. Anybody in this place? If wherever you are seated, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you. Or to Copon Rapel, like Batonella Capopilobaca, Camuhele Morana Jesu, Jelacamorana Lemopulis Waka, Afetule Bopilobaca, Ansarli Pizaka, Holy Thing, Mponce, Copamisal, Tolahai, Kaika Pacai Molinte, Kitlo Rapel. Anybody else I'd like to pray for you? Just raise your hand wherever you are seated, and I'm going to pray for you that you may give your life to God. Don't be ashamed of that. Don't be ashamed. Just boldly raise your hand where you are seated. And say, Mfundis, pray for me. I want my sins to be forgiven. I want God to love me and accept me. I want God to change my life. In this world that is full of hate, exclusion, persecution, suffering, God is not my problem. That he will give me the strength to live for him. If you are here, kindly just raise your hand boldly. Keep that hand up and I'll pray for you. God bless you, my brother, Komora. God bless you. Anybody else you'd like me to pray together with you? God bless you, my brother. Just keep that hand up. Anybody else? Anybody else? I'd like to pray for you. Anybody else? Anybody else? Anybody else? Don't be ashamed. Don't doubt. We just want to pray with you. Anybody else? God bless you this side. God bless you, Papa. God bless you. Anybody else? God bless you. Keep that hand up. Anybody else? I'd like for, to pray for you. Anybody else? I'm making the last call. I just want to pray for you. God bless you, my sister, this side. Anybody else? Keep that hand up. Anybody else? God bless you at the back. God bless you. God bless you. Anybody else? I'd like to pray for you. Keep that hand up. I'd like to pray for you. I'm going to ask all the people who have raised their hands. Could you kindly stand where you are? Kindly stand where you are. Take your Bibles, your belongings. Just meet me here in the front, and I'm going to pray for you. Just come all the way from where you are. Just come, just come quickly.